Warning, the following podcast may contain spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome, Primers, to this issue 90 of the DC Primetime Podcast uh, from the Showcast Spotlight here on the Next Level Podcast Network. I am Ben Beck. And from the Captain Crew cast of pods, I am Rob Martin. And we're returning from our New Year's break. Yeah, you know, we deserve breaks every once in a while, especially when our recording days happen to fall on holidays. Indeed. Yes. Or, uh, or pre-holidays. It's okay. Well, I count New Year's Eve as a holiday. Yeah, I, I, yeah, okay, I'll give you that, I'll give you that. I think, honestly, though, too, it would have been better for us to record, because New Year's Eve uh, was a rough day for me. <laughs> yeah, it really was. I was kind of bummed, and I was almost tempted, um, I know, I'll let you say what happened. So, I was uh, just, we, we had friends coming over to hang out for a little bit before a huge party we were all getting ready to go to, and uh, so I was looking forward to getting out of the house, since I'm, I'm still, uh, sans walking, um, so crutches all the way in the wintertime is not a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so I got up from the couch, and was reaching for my crutches, lost my balance, and put all my weight on the foot that I just had surgery on, which is a big no. Um, and I will say, I have a new respect for new levels of pain. <laughs> I mean, can imagine. Um, uh, a couple of months back when I had to get some testing done, I, I went through something that was probably easily what was the worst pain in my life uh, that was quickly replaced last week. Um, so <laughs> uh, it was not fun, but uh, unfortunately that caused me to have to uh, miss New Year's Eve. Uh, I had to stay home with uh, ice on my foot and elevated and uh, not not doing much. <laughs> so uh, it kind of sucked, but uh, but it's a new year, so that's a, that's a positive. Yeah, I was I was really bummed, man, because I know like I was looking forward to going to the party that we <clears throat> that we all went to, and I know uh, before the before the party, uh, myself and Mannix, who had been who's been on the podcast before, our friend Chris Mannix, uh, him and I were hanging out with you a little bit while you were immobilized <laughs> in your bed, uh, and we were watching just a bunch of stupid random oh, stuff yeah. on YouTube and. Uh, and stuff like that. We watched the Ready Player One trailer again and kind of geeked out over that a little bit. But dude, I felt really bad. Like, I was almost tempted to say, do you want me to just stay here and hang out with you? <laughs> uh, but I know you said you were going to try and get to bed, and that didn't, uh, yeah. that I, didn't I happen. Slept, uh, <laughs> well, I, I slept pretty pretty quickly after everybody left. So oh, really? Because you were I awake was, at I midnight. Was, uh, I was awake <laughs> at midnight because um, I promised uh, my wife I'd give her a call. So um, if not, she was going to give me a ring. So I, I slept most of the time that people were gone. So I got a good three hours of rest. So that was fine by me. And I think we I, had I think we had you on the phone at the the stroke of midnight. Yes, you did. You I, I heard the, I got to hear the countdown of everybody screaming and shouting, and it was fun. So I but yeah, it was a it was a shame I missed everybody. But um, but yeah, no, everything is all good. Um, I, I 
hopefully get my stitches out tomorrow. <laughs> uh, I'm hoping and praying because uh, I was supposed to get them out this past week. Uh, we had another snowstorm again. Um, yeah. And uh, my surgeon got into a car accident. So oh, I, <laughs> so that quickly canceled that appointment. Um, but all is good. All is good. So I am back to work and uh, we'll get them out tomorrow. We'll uh, see how I'm doing. I'm telling you, it's it's a rough going for you and I these past couple months. Ah, uh, tell me about it. You know, I had <laughs> my so. I had my first surgery, then you had your surgery, and you had the unfortunate incident of putting the weight on it, and you know, hurting yourself a little bit more. And I have to go back next week to figure out when my second surgery is going to be. So I'm going to be on crutches for a little while, and it's <clears throat> it's been an interesting past couple of weeks to months. Yes, uh, for uh, both of us. Yeah, that's that's not even a question at this point. Um, I'm hoping to at least be able to, to use a cane by February. I'm hoping. We'll see how that goes. Um, but I'm very much ready to get off of crutches. Yeah, I already, um, had, I already had my crutches and cane sent to me uh, in preparation for everything. So I'm like, oh, joy, smart. I get to use a cane and all that fun stuff. So, But I, I, I figure I can even – like even if it's just around my apartment, I can kind of practice with them a little bit. Uh, I, I would suggest it, and actually use the crutches as much as you can, because uh, your your under your arms and around your ribs are going to get beyond irritated. So build that up now. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but you know what? I can I can happily say that uh, through everything that we've been through and are planning to go through, uh, whether it's even even if it's just been a filler, uh, we've brought an episode every week. Yeah, uh, we actually haven't missed anything, which is been impressive i mean i was out for one but we, we still had an episode yeah like so. we posted the panel we posted the audio from the OTO, ota panel last week which i know a lot of people a lot of people wanted the the firestorm panel and i wanted to post that because it is a great panel i had a blast but there's actually quite a few things that happen visually that i feel like would get lost with just the audio well do you have the video of that one yet i do have the video yeah that's what, oh, well, I, that's you know what, what? i pulled the, vid- the audio from well, in case this episode goes short, maybe we can post that one and then just just state, you know, <laughs> make sure you watch the video as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll do that. If, if yeah, if we run a little short, we'll post the Firestorm audio after this, and then because the Firestorm panel, I think, was only maybe thirty-five minutes, so that actually would be perfect to put at the tail end of this. Five, seven to five minutes of shenanigans. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so maybe well. The the thing is, I'm not technically allowed to post the video. That's one of the caveats of me getting the video. But what I can do is I can clip the video. I can't mm. post the entire video. So what I can do is we'll post the audio at, at the end of this podcast. And that part of it that you'll – when you hear it, you'll know what part it is. Um, I'll clip that. I can post that five to ten minute clip. I just can't post the full video. Okay. Uh, so we'll do that instead. I'll post the video clip of it so that whatever's lost on the of the video side of it, you'll get to see it. You just won't visually see the whole panel, but you'll get to hear the whole panel. So that's how we'll do it. Yeah, that works. So, um, but yeah, so this week, uh, again, the shows are still on break. However, coming back uh, in a week's time. Yeah, uh, like I said, next week we'll have one more kind of throwaway episode until we're back to. Not even full strength. I can't even say that because uh, we'll be back to four out of five shows, which is really bizarre to say. Yeah, but Um, we'll be back for a long time. uh, Till (laughs) mid-June. So I don't think we get a break uh, until mid-June. No, I don't think so. 
we'll we'll have some very weird episodes and we'll have to definitely work with the show a little bit on what to do because it'll essentially be like there are normal break episodes but we'll also be including supergirl for a while so yeah uh, yeah exactly but i mean i think when we come back we're gonna have um what is it i think we're gonna have uh, obviously flash arrow are gonna be back supergirl uh and black a couple episodes yeah black lightning and Legends is going to be out for, I think, is it nine weeks? Uh, I think it's a little less than that. I think they only are out for, I think, four to six weeks. Okay. Then they're back because I think Supergirl's only getting a couple episodes. I think there's the switchover is happening, if memory serves correctly. Uh, I want to say mid to late February. So I think we only get maybe four episodes of Supergirl. Okay, yeah, and then Legends is back for the full run until the end, and then Supergirl returns after Legends ends uh, to the, for the rest of their season, which is going to lead Supergirl into going, as you said, into like mid-June. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So, And um, uh, Black Lightning is going to be, I think, um, Black Lightning is taking the the Tuesday, the Tuesday spot, correct, after Flash? That's correct. Okay. Yep. So it's going to be Flash with the – that's right because we were talking about that before that that's the lead-in that you want with a new show is you take one of your highest-rated shows and you use that as your lead-in into your new show so that you keep that audience. Right. And so. then, like I said, Legends of Tomorrow moves to Monday uh, starting February 12th. So we only get a couple episodes. Oh, wow. That yeah. It, so it is really only three to four episodes of Supergirl. Yeah, we're only getting we're only getting a couple, and then uh, February twelfth it'll be the switchover, and then they'll finish up um, the seasons uh, after that, like, the season after that, and that starts back with Daddy Darkest, uh, and I don't believe we have an episode title for episode eleven yet, so uh, I think that's where it's moving currently. So that'll be the John Constantine episode starting back on the twelfth. Supergirl, I believe, is only getting three episodes, maybe four, uh, before the switch. I will so. say, though, that these three episodes, from what we were seeing, and I, I, I'm sorry if this kind of cuts into stuff that you had in the news, um, but I think these three or four episodes are going to be setting up the Legion. Uh, they definitely are. Uh, there's the, you know, we, we can, because this actually isn't even in the news stuff. Uh, the, there's new promos out there for all the shows currently. And the Supergirl one's probably the most interesting out of the mix. Uh, obviously, we know what to expect in Flash uh, and Arrow for the most part. Um, but we have seen the Legion Flight Rings um, definitely getting an appearance. We saw a quick shot or two of uh, Brainiac 5 uh, from the Legion as well. So I think we're going to definitely be seeing some some heavy Legion stuff coming back. And it looks like uh, Kara is still in a coma when she ret- when we return uh, in the show. So, uh, and there's a lot of rumblings that we're going to see Monel actually fully suited up uh, before the end of uh, this small run before it goes on to a longer break. Before the second midseason break. Yeah, which uh, <laughs> I know there was a couple of big protests uh, and a lot of uh, people up on between change.org things like that. Uh, really angry about what they're doing here and really concerned that this could negatively impact both Legends of Tomorrow and Supergirl, basically making people wonder what's happening with the shows when everything comes back. Um, Just because, you know, both of those shows are some of the lower rated currently, so uh, everybody's praying and hoping that that's not going to impact anything for pickups for next season. So, fingers crossed. Well, I mean, we know for a fact but as podcasters and as fans how up in arms fans can get about things like this i mean 
hell, you look at the way fans were, you know, to directly to Steven about all the Olicity stuff that we've we've talked about before. So we know how fans can get um, starting petitions on change.org and everything. Look, it's great that you want to have a voice and that you want you want to speak your mind about this stuff. Send emails, write posts, but like, oh yeah, a petition is not going to change anything. These guys have these jobs for a reason. Your petition with fifteen hundred, or even to ten thousand signatures, is not going to change anything. Uh, Please remove Star Wars Episode Eight from the Star Wars from Star Wars canon. Like, come on, really? Like, it's stupid. Um, And look, I understand your worry about like how this might negatively affect Legends of Tomorrow and Supergirl because they are the lowest rated shows. But look, as you got to look at it from, uh, you know, from an executive's point of view and a studio point of view in that you have the Flash and Arrow, Flash in particular, which are your two highest rated of the Arrowverse shows. You have your two lowest rated of the Arrowverse shows. That's not to say anything negative about those shows because I love Supergirl and I really love Legends. Yeah. Um, you know, just some people don't don't love these shows as much as we do, which is why the the ratings are lower. But why? I understand the the idea of not putting Black Lightning on with all these other shows because there's already been arguments out there about oversaturation of superhero films and superhero movies. So studios are already listening to that by not putting on a fifth show at the same time as the rest of these four shows. Um, you know, this is also test waters for Black Lightning. This is a brand new show. So why would you not use that lead in? Like I said, the flash. Oh, it's a very smart lead in. It just feels like it would have made a little bit more sense to maybe um, allow some shows that are currently on air to finish up before bringing in bringing uh, one of your mid seasons later than normal. You know, maybe one that's not performing as well. Um, it feels like it was, I don't know. I still feel like it's kind of an odd call. So I, I think t- the odd call to me is in breaking up superhero or isn't um not superhero um isn't putting moving legends to monday that you know the odd call to me is splitting up supergirl that's i think that's what my that's my concern as well it's exactly the same way you are it it would have been better to me if you had let supergirl finish out and then put legends on to finish out legends yes it would have been a long hiatus but you know legends was also a mid-season show when it first came out so it's kind of used to that uh and it also doesn't have an over it has an overarching storyline like supergirl but it's not as complex as supergirl legends is still more the episodic show that we've grown to love so it makes more sense to give that show the break than supergirl but yeah. yeah, but to bring Supergirl back for just four episodes, throw Legends in, and then finish out Supergirl, that to me is the odd – that's the odd bit. Yeah, I mean that's the only thing that has me generally concerned that could negatively impact uh, Supergirl, It could, neg- uh, you know, especially as far as viewership. And I think that's – I think what a lot of people have been very outspoken about uh, that really love that show. And it's it's a concern because we, we have to admit Supergirl is a show that has been a little rocky. Granted – it, it is it has righted a lot of wrongs the last couple of weeks, uh, especially with that midseason finale. So I'm very happy at least it's getting a chance to kind of come back um, and have its time to can maybe continue that up- upward trajectory before it breaks. Uh, and as long as it can do that, I think the show will be fine. But uh, there is definitely is some concern. I mean, and the question is, you know, how did this in- impact shows like Gotham when they kept doing that? You know, Gotham was another show that notoriously did that. Where it was kind of like, hey, we're back for a couple episodes. Oh, by the way, now we're going to break again for another four months. Uh, and we'll see you guys when we get back. 
So yeah, I, it's funny that you bring that up too because I know um, we've talked to um, we talked to Robin Lord Taylor about that before, and we saw him at one of the conventions. And I feel like even the the actors were kind of annoyed with the fact that the show was doing that too because I know the show was uh, on break at the time we had spoken to him, and it was coming back within like a week or two of the time that we talked to him. And he, you know, we were talking about. I think we were bringing up is, is Penguin going to have interactions with Solomon Grundy? And, uh, and he's like, Oh yeah, you know, it's, it's going to be about that, but it's not going to be until after we get back from break. And we're like, well, you guys are back from break next week. He's like, no, we come back for a couple episodes and then we're taking another break. And just that sigh that he let out, it's like, okay, it sounds like the actors are even getting a little annoyed with this too. Uh, because I mean, like you, like you oh, said, yeah. it can, it can ruin viewership. Yeah. Well, it's a it's a fingers crossed, and hopefully it doesn't impact any of these shows. Um, you know, I'm I'm hoping this isn't also a test ground to see if if uh, viewership does not come back. Maybe it's time to move on to other shows, things of the like. So, well, it's a big he, wait and see. Here's my the promising thing about this is that even if this does ruin viewership of these shows, and the the ratings do go down enough to to the point where they kind of feel that they're not merited enough to like they cancel them on CW. There's nothing that says they can't move them to the new streaming service. That's very and continue true. production of these shows. Right. Um, or they maybe say, Hey, it's, it's time to wrap up legends, but it's time to do a new ensemble show. Yes. You know? Um, I mean, that's the nice thing at least because these characters are all in the same universe together. It, it's the question of even if one show stops, uh, those characters still exist in this universe and they can still pop up. You know, a thousand and one ways, which is the best part about it. Yeah. So. And I really don't think with, you know, with the people in charge of these with both CW and Warner Brothers, I really don't think that if for some reason, let's just say it hurts the ratings of Legends um, to the point where they're they're going to pull Legends off um, uh, off the schedule uh, for CW. I really don't think this is one of those times where they're just going to say, all right, let's just pull it. I think they're going to give them. Even if it's only six episodes, I think they will give them a chance to wrap it up. Mm-hmm. At least I, that's I what I'm hopeful. I, I, at least that's what I'm hopeful for. Like, let's let's figure out a way that we can get all these guys off the wave rider and wrap up this story, even if it's only six episodes, so that this way we can take these characters and we can incorporate them in other places. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I you mean, I, I'm really actually not too concerned about Legends at the moment. I think the one I have the most concern about is for Supergirl. Agreed. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Uh, but I mean, I'm excited <clears throat> for the excuse me for these shows to come back. I mean, absolutely, we're going to be seeing you know the trial of Barry Allen uh, when Flash returns. Arrow, I don't know where we're going with it yet, but I'm still hopeful. I'm not. I have not written off that show. Oh, I absolutely not. not. Uh, absolutely not. I I know when we come back, we now have two teams. We've got the new team Arrow breaking off onto their own as their own separate team. Uh, and then we see OTA uh, joined back with by Arsenal for a couple episodes. Uh, yeah, we get they, Roy Harper coming back. Uh, yeah, and he, I, we do know it's confirmed. He's back for at least a few. It's not It's not just a one and done. So yeah. he could be back. My guess is we'll see him for two or three. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we definitely have some things to look forward to on that show. And then, you know, obviously we'll see that schism probably heal up before season's end as they take on, um, you know, their – the Arrow Legion of Doom, basically. So. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Supergirl, we know that, <clears throat> as we had mentioned, we're going to get a little bit more into the Legion, and we're getting the first look at Brainiac 5, or uh, we're getting some looks into Brainiac 5. Uh, Legends, um, <clears throat> excuse me, my throat's been, like, really 
It's that time of year. It doesn't help oh, yeah. that it's also like minus six with the wind chill outside right now. Um, I, I forget exactly where we left off with Legends, but I think we're going to see more of um, – because we're, we're kind of seeing a new Legion of Doom film forming on that show as well. Yeah, it's kind of the supernatural version of the Legion of Doom. Yeah, I mean we're getting Gorilla Grodd, Damian Dark. Uh, we're bringing in Constantine, not into the Legion of Doom, but we're bringing him into – uh, into the fold for the legends as well. So yeah, um, it, it looks like it's more a totem based, uh, Legion of Doom, which I'm kind of really intrigued by. Yeah, I, I'm really all for this. I think this is something kind of <laughs> wonderful, uh, to see how this is all going to play out. I mean, you know, we don't know much about the big bad yet. So it's just kind of a wait and see on how everything's going to flow, but I, I I'm really kind of pumped and it's going to feel weird because we're going to have such a big shift on the show too. Uh, no more, no more Firestorm at all. You know, no Jax. Yeah. Um, which was, it, it was a rough moment, but hey, you know, it, it's a, it, it's gonna be interesting to see how everything breaks down. I so. still, I still think it's, it's one of those that when we go back, um, you know, looking ahead and we go and we do the, um, the annuals for this year and we're talking about legends, uh, I think that's gonna be one of those moments that's gonna fall in both my favorite and least favorite. Uh, least favorite, obviously, because it's the loss of Martin Stein, but favorite because there was so much emotion in that moment that, like, I, like, I, I just, I was overcome by it. Yeah. So to capture that much emotion in, in a moment on a show is something that I, I'm like, okay, that while I hated what happened in that moment, like, it's a moment I will forever remember from this season, therefore kind of qualifies as one of my favorites. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, and it, it's crazy. Like, we barely know anything about Mollus yet uh, as the big bad. Uh, but, you know, Eleanor Dark's been really interesting to watch. Uh, Damien's been just <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> Damien's been great. I love Neil McDonough. I really do. Uh, I've actually re- I recently went back and uh, rewatched the Return of the Mac episode just because it's so funny. <laughs> and there's a uh, there's an I, I I like to watch movie trailers online and there's a new trailer by the guys that did um, uh, Workaholics on Comedy Central, uh, Adam Devine, Anders Holm, uh, Jer Burns, and I'm watching this trailer. It's a, it's a trailer for a movie called Game Over Man, and it's about like this big Hollywood party that happens at a hotel and it gets taken over by terrorists and these three idiots are at home and they think that they can go in and save the day. So they dress themselves up as like concierges and go into the hotel. But I'm like, I'm watching this trailer. I'm like, this movie looks so dumb. And the next scene you see that the main terrorist is Neil McDonough. I'm like, (laughs) Oh, Neil McDonough. Now I want to see this movie. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. But yeah, I mean, honestly, like I said, I'm not too, too worried about, um, you know, Legends getting a chance to kind of to finish up, you know, Supergirl, I think will be okay as long as the next couple episodes are strong. They end up on a very smart, strong cliffhanger. I mean, I'm sure they've had this plan for quite, quite amount of time, you know, so yeah, exactly. uh, So I'm not too, too worried. And I'm sure that they're going into it with making sure that they leave people wanting more. Uh, They did a really good job with that with the the midseason finale. So I think we'll be okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm hoping that both shows it's, are still going to get It's just a little, little personal concern, that's all it is. Yeah, so. I know, I hear you on that too. Uh, but besides the shows, I finally got to do something this weekend since I was stuck in my house. I wasn't stuck in my house, but I wasn't going outside, that was for sure, uh, unless I absolutely had to. Uh, but I did something that you've done a couple weeks ago, and I wanted to spend a couple minutes on at the same time. Uh, I finally got to play chapters two and three of Telltale Batman's Enemy Within. 
Yes, we finally get to talk about this. And I'm super sorry if I get some of this mixed up because it was <laughs> weeks ago that I played this. Yeah, well, I um, played the episodes back to back, too. So um, I did the same thing, too. So it kind of blurs together a little bit. Yeah, uh, but I will say that uh, these are definitely some different takes on some of the characters that we've known. This is a different version of Bane than I've ever seen. Um, Harley is still... Uh, you know, a typical Harley that we're used to, but there's definitely some stuff going on with her and Joker that's completely reversed. Yeah, which... uh, well, I would say Bane's actually he's fairly accurate. He, you know, you get the the very their very Santa Prisca version of the character that you see in the comics. He's a little bit more level headed, which I'm not as used to. That reminds me a little bit back to Gail Simone's Secret Six from years ago, where Bane was not just a bruiser. Uh, you know, he was actually fairly complex. Uh, it seems like we're getting a little bit of that version of the character in there, so I'm very happy with with his interpretation. Okay, so, so you, yeah, you see, you're still you're more familiar with the comic book versions of Bay, and I go more with what we've seen on screen. Um, and this is definitely different than we anything we've seen on screen before. Yes, yeah, uh, but very, very, he's very comic book accurate as is Freeze so far. Well, I'm liking Freeze at the same time too. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I have to say, some of the choices that I've made, dude, I've fallen right in the middle. I have too. <laughs> uh, everything, like, uh, it seems like a lot of people have too, because a lot of the choices that I made, I don't think any of them were extremely drastic. I think everything was either like 50-50 or at the most like 52 to 48%. I think I had a couple that were like only 30% of people have done this. <laughs> so um, I love when I have those ones. I'm like, this is what I'd actually do though. And I'm like, oh, that means I'm a bad person. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> you know, like, I, I know the storyline is that you're you're to infiltrate the pact and you're to make them believe that, you know, you are with them. So those are the choices that I'm making. I'm not making morally appropriate choices. I'm making choices that would melt me fit in with this pact. Um, you know, like there's one you there's one choice in particular where Bane is um interrogating a thug and he throws the pipe to you and you have the choice to either hit him with the pipe like hit him in the head with the pipe or show mercy on him and i'm like well i'm part of a gang now i kind of have to make it seem like i'm part of a gang i'm gonna hit this guy and i hit the guy so like it's you know it's there have been some choices that have been difficult though i will say that i will say the last two episodes were some of the most interesting moral questions i've been faced in video games um, and I, I gotta give it to Telltale because they really made it hard to make those calls. And the fact that they have that ticking timer that makes you have to react, um, and knowing that there's a lot at stake in it, in the game on how it could play out, uh, I find to be even more stressful. Um, but man, I gotta say they're, they're doing such a solid job here. Um, I think, you know, we start off obviously in episode two, um, uh, with, Bruce meeting up with John Doe, a.k.a. the Joker, and uh, him and Harley uh, needing to go to Wayne Towers to steal tech. And that was such an interesting moment of just Joker and Harley in this very uh, Sid and Nancy-esque vibe about them, just causing chaos as they're hanging out with Bruce in an elevator going up to the top floor. And watching those three characters interact the way that they were is incredibly interesting, especially because of the way that they're doing the Joker. And I love it. It's because he's not really the Joker yet. He's just a person that's absolutely insane. And you're seeing the layers peel away in every episode and every scene he's in, getting us closer and closer and closer to the classic character that we know. 
um, which I love watching. It has yeah. been such an interesting take. But you were about to go in a little bit about the changes with Harley. So, well, the changes with Harley, and it's it's funny too because even with the choices, like I know you kind of get that feel. Like John tells you, like he, you're seeing the beginning stages of their relationship and throughout all this too. Whereas, you know, what we've known is that Harley was the one that fell for Joker, but it, they've completely put a complete turn on that, and it's the Joker that's actually falling for Harley. This time around, and he's trying to win Harley's affections, whereas all we've ever known is that Harley is the one that tries to win the affections of the Joker. Uh, it's actually that those winning those affections that causes her to go crazy the way she does. Uh, and this time she's already crazy and it's John that's trying to win her affections. And there are particular moments when you're making choices where Harley is flirting with Bruce and those are morally tough decisions too. Cause I'm like, all right, I want to flirt back really bad, but why do I want to show allegiance to John? Like, I, I really want to show allegiance to John right now, and I'm not falling well, they, into this. And one of the things I didn't think humanly possible is they make you care about John. Mm-hmm. Like, really care about him. Like, yeah. he feels like kind of like a little brother that just doesn't know any better. Uh, and you're kind of trying to edge him in the right direction. And I want to say it's in episode three that there is a one of my favorite sequences from a Telltale series. The selfie? Next to, no, next oh. to, uh, it's next to Tales from the Borderlands where there's the finger gun office fight. If you haven't played that game and you don't know that sequence, please play that. It's amazing. Um, but it's Bruce and John, a.k.a. the Joker, again, if you're not following, um, go and get frozen yogurt or coffee. I can't remember yeah. what it was. <laughs> yeah. And it's Bruce trying to tell John about how to flirt with Harley. Yeah. It's basically like him trying to help build up his self-confidence on how to best be the right person to win her affections and kind of coaching him through dating, which was just aside from being hysterical was really kind of touching. Um, especially as he's just like, you know, his responses are coming and he's like, I have to do this. And then there's this little twist of insanity at the end of everything he says. And you're like, Oh dear God, this is terrifying. And you're just watching Bruce's face kind of like, Oh dear <laughs> Christ, he's going to kill somebody. Um, but it was really interesting to watch. But I like I, I really love that dynamic. Like you really believe in John's head that Bruce is his best friend. Yeah. Um, which now I want to see what a season three is going to be once he's finally over the edge and sees Bruce. Um, and now it's do that. Does that relationship continue um, or does it become strained by the end of the season? I really want to know out of all the relationships that could possibly happen in this what's the relationship between those two characters by the end of this? Well, it's so funny too, cause you mentioned that whole, well, it's coffee, not frozen yogurt. They were, oh, okay. uh, um, that they went through <clears throat> unless it's different on the PlayStation version. I, I, no, it, no, I think it was coffee. Um, well, I mean, even though John was drinking like that, the frou-frou coffee, you know, with oh, the straw and everything, yeah. but Bruce is drinking actual coffee. Um, it's so funny too, cause you're right. You're helping, you're, you're kind of coaching John through this whole thing with Harley. But at the same time, in the back of your head, you're kind of thinking to yourself when you get those little insane moments that John does, you kind of think to yourself in the back of your head, like, um, I'm probably helping to create the Joker at this point somehow. Yeah. It, it, it's really crazy to think that as a player, knowing and a, a fan of these characters, you know what his fate's going to be. And you know that everything you say right now is creating your nemesis. Yeah. And it's this kind of like, how do you play that angle? Because you ultimately, again, care about the character. So it's it's really just so much fun to watch and watch unfold because I never expected that's the the way they were going to go with this. Uh, but I got to say, again, huge props to 
it's a telltale for really not being afraid to change the mold completely. And they're they're doing the right thing by making enough characters um, the original way that they are. Like you know, the, so it doesn't take you completely out. Like Gordon feels like Gordon. Uh, there's no question about that. You know, um, Mr. Freeze feels like Mr. Freeze. Bane feels like Bane. But when and but I mean, like even the what we know of Bruce now, knowing that Thomas and Martha Wayne were not these philanthropists and they were mob criminals, um, you know, and Alfred is seems a little bit more unhinged than we're used to. It, it, it's so interesting to watch everything just lay out and say, hey, this is not the Batman that you think, you know, um, and it makes that so much more interesting and exciting to watch because you go back to season one. It's kind of like, oh, yay, you know, we've watched Thomas and Martha be shot and killed in Crime Alley for the umpteenth time uh, between any form of media or comics that we read. We all know how this goes, but they were smart and said, but here's a twist on that story. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I'm I, I'm really enjoying all the differences as well. And I got to say, um, a couple questions I had for you now that I know that we've we've both played it. <clears throat> um, does your Bruce and this is something that I, I do absolutely love about the game at the same time is that. And this is all Telltale games that do this, not just this one, but it's it's more prevalent, I think, in this one, uh, it, how it remembers all previous choices, not only from this iteration, from this, this chapter two, but also, or season two, but from season one as well. Um, and it's something I can't remember if it happened, because it's been so long since I played chapter one, uh, um, or episode one of this season. Um, does your Bruce have a hole in his ear? Yes, mine does. Uh, is that, that was from... from- Lady Arkham, yep. Okay, so that is from season one. Yeah, that is from season one. Okay. Uh, there is another choice out there, too, where, you know, my Alfred's got a tr- uh, bad tremor in his hand. There is versions where he can lose an eye and will have an eye patch. Um, so, yeah, there's a couple different versions and variations that exist out there. Yeah, and I do, I, I'm telling you, when this is over, I think I will go back and replay it just to make different choices and see how different things turn out. Yeah, I'm kind of curious as, as well on how that how that will play out, too. Um, any other big takeaways, like, or big decisions that you were, you were kind of surprised with? Um, not really surprised with, but I'm curious as to what your choices were. Um, there's two in particular. One of them is, um, did you show Selena the Batcave? I did. I I did take Selena to the Batcave and I also did unveil that Bruce was Batman to Lucius's daughter. That was my other one too, was to Tiffany. Did you tell her that you were Batman? Yeah, <clears throat> I did the same thing so that we made, we made the same choices in that, which was surprising because I saw a lot of people did not choose that. I saw that, too. <clears throat> but even again on the on the Xbox version, it wasn't that big of that. Actually, that choice in particular was probably the largest gap. But I think it was maybe only like 55 percent said they didn't and 45 percent said that they did. Mm. Um, so it wasn't a huge gap, but it was. And that's the thing. I think it only shows you players on that platform. I don't think it shows you. No, it's all, all it's all the Telltale Network. Completely. Oh, is it really? Yeah, they have their own servers, similar to like how EA has like the EA Access servers, and Ubisoft has UB Play and all that. Telltale has their own, so anywhere that people are playing it, that's where it all pulls together. Oh, okay. Oh, well, but there also there also was a big, significant amount of time between when I played it and when you played it too. So a lot of those choices could have changed. Right, those and now I think you're going to see a lot more people getting into. Um, this game specifically because uh, if you have a PlayStation out there right now and you don't own season one of Telltale, that is one of the uh, season one is the free one of the free games for this month. So yeah. this is a really good opportunity to uh, dive in. Uh, you have until the end of the month to pick that up. So. Okay. 
Nice. But yeah, nothing really um, too huge. I will say some of the fight scenes were pretty fun to play. I will definitely say when you're playing as Bruce with the gang on the street as you're waiting for the agency, which I want to just call Argus every time it comes up. Yeah. Um, that you just see uh, well, like trying to jump in the way and stopping people from do, like you know um, killing killing others. Uh, now, when that whole fight happened, who did you run after? Did you run after Harley or Bane? To I ran. Them from- I ran after Bane. I did too. So. Because I was more concerned he was going to kill somebody than yeah, Harley. <laughs> that's why I did it too. Um, yeah, that that that's exactly why I did it too. Because I felt more that Harley could take care of herself and Bane needed to be controlled. Um, so that's why I, I followed after Bane. Um, I really want to go back and replay that sequence now, especially to see because obviously that means Bane's the one left behind. Um, or maybe it's not. I don't know. I, I don't know either, curious. but I was curious about that as well. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I might go back and replay just that chapter again just to see if it changes anything. Yeah, um, it's I'm finding it incredibly uh, just a lot of fun to play. Now, as far as there's another big angle in this this storyline, if uh, you, you've been playing too, which is uh, the change up between um, Gordon uh, pretty much getting bumped down in uh, the ranks of the GCPD because of Amanda Waller. Uh, now, are you trying to be by Gordon's side or are you working a little bit more cleanly with Waller? No, I've been for the most part. I've been about ninety percent loyal to Gordon. Yeah, I've been doing the same. There's a yeah, couple situations think. where I've definitely pissed him off. <laughs> so me too. Uh, me too. Uh, but it, it's been fun to see that dynamic change and play out as well. So um, um, one final one for you, uh, and it's at the very end when you are being interrogated by John as to who stole the laptop. Did you say it was Catwoman? Did you say it was yourself? I said it was me. Oh, I said it was Catwoman. Really? Yeah. Okay, so we both have something different coming our, our ways. Uh, so we, we left with an interesting point. Because um, in mine, they bring Catwoman in. Yeah, they did with me too. And uh, I was they just throw, kind of like, oh. yeah, I was, uh, I, so I, I took the bullet on that one. Okay, yeah, I, I, threw, I threw it at Catwoman. Even after I let her into the Batcave. <laughs> so she's probably not the happiest with you right about no, now. No, it even tells you at the end she feels, she feels betrayed because of the choice that you made. Yeah, it's, uh, so, that's that's going to play out very interesting for you. I'm very curious to see how that goes. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. I know we're getting the next chapter, some the next episode sometime into this year. We just don't know when it's going to happen yet. Uh, I want to say it's either late January, early February. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking it's probably like February. They've been pretty good with month, uh, monthly. I got to say, too, uh, this season, uh, man, have they made sure the bugs have been at a minimum. Uh, nowhere near what I saw uh, in previous um previous telltale releases i really haven't noticed many glitches at all to be honest Uh, with you season one season one was a nightmare uh this one much 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 better um well no i mean i mean of this this current season i haven't really noticed oh yeah much of anything i noticed a lot in season one yeah season two uh i i I haven't noticed a single one so i've been very happy with the fact that they seem like they're getting on point um i know telltale was slowing down trying to release as many things at once i think they're uh there's a lot of talk that they're about to change their engine so um, which I'm very, I'd be very excited to see. Yeah. So, but no, it's been fun, and I'm looking forward to when the the next episodes are going to drop. Yeah, absolutely. So, so, um, I think that might be pretty much it for this week. I know we talked a little bit about the shows returning next week. We talked a little bit about Telltale Batman. I know, um. Uh, one of the things that we were going to bring up this week is the next animated series is going to be releasing soon. 
uh, next animated film, not series, uh, is going to be releasing soon, and that's going to be Gotham by Gaslight, <clears throat> January twenty third, I believe. Yes, is the date for the digital downloads, and then into February for the Blu ray release. <clears throat> Uh, there, there's the Japanese anime one that's coming out, but we don't know what date that's going to be released as of yet. There's no release date announced. Uh, that's Batman Ninja, correct? Yes. Yeah, Batman okay. Ninja. Uh, looks interesting. I'm very curious to uh, to see how that's going to turn out. So, um, But I think other than that, maybe jump into the news and then we'll do uh, our recommendations for the week if we have any. Uh, I'll do a quick intro for the Firestorm panel and we'll be done for this okay. week. Well, to give you uh, the final details, you're correct, January 23rd from digital download of uh, Batman uh, Gotham by Gaslight, uh, and then Blu-ray DVD on February 6th. Um, jumping into, let's get into the film side of the world real fast, because there was a couple things that happened in the last week or two. The first most important one was the final shakeup for DC Films. Um, we know for a little while now that John Burke is out after the uh, critical reception of Justice League, which I still don't understand the hate. Because that was a ton of fun. Um, but we have our new producer that is going to be running. Uh, well, the producer from The Conjuring, Walter Hamada, is the new president of DC-based film production. So uh, it's a, actually a, kind of a wise call, actually. Uh, he was responsible for Anna, uh, The Conjuring, and It. So... Um, He's had a lot of hits on his hands, so that's uh, I think it's a wise decision, uh, especially somebody that was willing to make and make a film, remake a film like it, and have that much of a critical reception. I know he was a very large part of that. So, um, so we pretty much have seen this, and this is the official statement from Toby Emmerich, who is the president of Warner Brothers. Uh, Walter is creative, resourceful, and committed to excellence, and will bring those qualities uh, to his oversight for superhero films. He's a terrific produ- uh, production executive and served as an executive producer on two of the summer's most popular films, New Lines, It, and Annabelle Creation. I'm confident Walter and Jeff, working uh, with our films partners, will deliver films that will resonate with both broad global audiences as well as DC fanboys and fangirls. Walter's a great addition to the Warner Brothers Pictures team, and I look forward to working with him in this new post. Um we also did see uh, Jeff Johns state uh, that, no, no, we already, bear in mind, Walter has already been working with Jeff Johns as producer on Shazam. And so Jeff's official Twitter stated was, welcome aboard, Walter. Thrilled to be working with you. Uh, it's been a blast together already on Shazam. Now it's off to the rest of the DCU. And then in parentheses, please get yourself a Twitter account. <laughs> so, um, so Jeff Johns is still going to be running the show as the chief, uh, chief of, of the creative content for DC uh, as far as their entertainment brands. So Jeff and Walter now will be working directly side by side on everything. So uh, very happy because apparently from there were some stories that did come out showing that John Berg was very absentee uh, and was not doing a ton with everything. So uh, it sounds like Shazam is the Shazam and um, well Aquaman was the first big project for Berg and John's together. uh, But we already knew that, Shazam was already being headed by Walter and Jeff already. So you'll see the new full kind of change-ups of DC once Shazam hits. But it sounds like a lot of course correction was already done before Aquaman went to screen. It's so funny, too, because I've always had a big problem with the DC films. But after Wonder Woman and and Justice League, which apparently, like you said, don't understand why people had so much issues with it. I've kind of come around on the DC films a little bit. Not fully, but it's certainly in the right direction. I, I, my brain is fully in the positive now versus being in the middle. It may not be high up in the positive, but it's, it's, it's staying there now. So 
like I go back and say, I want to watch Justice League again today. You know, uh, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. And then no. when you know you're going back to watch a movie multiple times, they did something right. So. Yeah. All right. Um, speaking of doing something right, Wonder Woman 2 director uh, Patty Jenkins talks a little bit more about the sequel. Uh, and this is just a couple quotes from her directly. Uh, and uh, they did say that the film is going to be totally different. It's like we're actually making a totally different film with a lot of the same similar like things that we loved, but it's uh, its own movie completely. So it's not to uh to to us it's an entirely new adventure together that we couldn't be luckier to do uh then they did state uh there's been some rumblings that it's set in the 80s still as we mentioned several months back during the cold war uh nothing confirmed on that yet uh but there was a little bit of discussion about uh linda carter uh very specifically about the original film and this is what patty jenkins had to say says, uh, you know, as far as her making a cameo, we'll see. Linda is one of the dearest people to us and has been a great mentor and dear friend. Uh, we've actually desperately tried to get her in the first one, and we had a schedule, uh, scheduling conflict that just couldn't work. So she's always been a part of our Wonder Woman family. We won't say anything yet, but we, uh, but we certainly, there's no lack of trying for the sequel. So it sounds like we will probably definitely see Linda Carter come Wonder Woman 2, uh, which is awesome. <laughs> so yeah. Continuing on with DC Films, uh, a very, very fast turnaround for Justice League before it hits digital, guys. Um, and I'm kind of just amazed on the date because uh, I didn't expect to see it. January 30th, the movie just came out of Phil like theaters about a week or two weeks ago as we found out when it wrapped up its numbers. Um, you know, the movie opened in mid-November. January 30th is a very, very fast turnaround. But we are starting to see this more and more with films uh, that it is with usually within a month it is on digital. So, um, but we did see a couple of additional things. So, additionally, outside of that January thirtieth release date for the uh, the film, it will be hitting Blu-ray and you know DVD on March thirteenth, I believe it is. Yes, Tuesday, March thirteenth for Blu-ray and DVD. And if you're wondering and waiting on what the rumors are as far as an extended cut. Uh, there has been something that listed originally on Amazon Germany, which was a pre-order showing Justice League, but showed a runtime of 135 minutes, which is 15 minutes longer than the theatrical cut, uh, because the original theatrical cut was just under two hours. So, and that was including credits. So, it sounds like we are indeed seeing some form of an extended edition. So, the uh, we haven't gotten full confirmation, but I would assume that news will hit very, very soon, probably in the next week or, or two. Uh, but if you're waiting for that Snyder cut, um, well, guys, I'm sorry to say <laughs> that whole hashtag release the Snyder cut and that huge gathering out front of Warner, uh, Warner Brothers HQ while people did show up, uh, it was only a whopping 13 people. So <laughs> um, I've got to say, I don't think we'll be seeing that anytime soon. I'm guys. OK with that, too. I am, too. So uh, but for folks wanting that Snyder cut, sorry. Uh, keep trying, guys. Uh, <laughs> the book has not been written on that. But. Go to change.org and start a petition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Continue there. So, uh, but talking about a little bit more about some of the future from some of the other films in DC, we now know it sounds like two projects that were not on that large listing a couple weeks back are officially what it sounds like dead, and that is the Lobo film and the Deadshot film. Uh, so those solo outings looks like they are fully off the board at this time, and I don't think that's a bad, you know, bad problem at all. Um, as much as I do love Will Smith, um, I don't know if a Deadshot movie is going to hold. So, Well, you are also a big component of seeing Lobo on screen at some point, too. I would love to see it, but I, I, I think I'd rather see it on Supergirl. So, Okay. That makes more sense. Yeah. 
All right, uh, let's head to the TV side of things before we uh, wrap up this conversation. So uh, let's talk about a couple synopsises on the shows coming up in just a few weeks. Uh, bear in mind, we only have three synopsis to talk about right now because there is not one listed yet for Black Lightning. But starting off with Supergirl, titled Fort Roz, Supergirl teams up with Saturn Girl, Livewire, and PSI. As Rain continues to terrorize the city, uh, Supergirl teams up with Saturn Girl, and the two, recru- uh, two recruits Supergirl... Uh, Oh, sorry. Wow, that's written, written horribly. <laughs> um, so I don't actually hold on. This is not even, I believe, for. Nope. These aren't even for the episodes coming up. We're going to hold on this story. All right. It might give away a couple things coming up. So we'll, we'll wait just a little bit. So, uh, but we do know uh, on uh, the 23rd, The Elongated Night Rises is uh, the title of an episode coming up. So it sounds like we're going to see a full blown, elongated man uh, fully going classic ralph dibney by then so excited for that yep so uh but we now also know one of the other episodes coming up too is uh so these titles are again for the 22nd 23rd 25th so it's supergirl's titled fort Roz. the flash is called the elongated night rises and arrow is called we fall um but we'll uh we'll talk about them in two weeks when you read this synopsis is proper so uh, there is another great new promo out there, if you haven't checked it out, called the Suit Up promo uh, for the Arrowverse, which was a ton of fun. That is over on our Facebook page if you haven't had a chance to check that out. I highly recommend you do so. There are also promos for all of the new shows out there, including Supergirl, uh, Black Lightning, Flash, and Arrow. Uh, that Supergirl one is something very, very special as you not only see the Legion Flight Rings in full force, as we mentioned earlier, you also get a quick glimpse of Brainiac 5. So make sure you check them out in some spare time as you gear up for the next couple weeks. Uh, but talking about a character that we did see during the crossover, that was that mysterious woman we see at the wedding during uh, the wedding of Barry and Iris that was uh, abruptly um, shaken up by some Nazis. Uh, but that um, <laughs> that mysterious girl we do know is on set and is currently filming additional scenes in The Flash. Um, and we do know that uh, Jessica Parker Kennedy has now revealed that she is showing up later and says, you'll see me at least one more time, I can tell you that. You'll see me again on the show, and things will make a hell of a lot more sense. Right now, I'm still listed as the, in the cast as they listed me as the mysterious girl. I just hang out as mystery girl on set. Even though the costume department are like, who are you? And I'm just like, I'm just the mystery girl. <laughs> uh, they did say this is incredi- uh, incredibly very secretive. Uh, nobody on the show really knows who she is outside of a couple of the writers. So. Uh, so I think it's kind of fun that they're playing with that a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I, I um, agree with that too. So, what, you, guess, what are your thoughts? I'm still thinking it's the granddaughter that's part of the Legion. Uh, I'm thinking it's daughter, but okay. I think it's excess. So we'll, we'll, it's a wait and see. So we're both on either sides of the camp. It's definitely somebody in his family, though. I, 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 I agree with question. that. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, jumping over to Black Lightning, we also got another quick glimpse of Nefessa Williams in full costume as Thunder for the first time. Uh, so, it, again, amazing, amazing uh, looks for uh, Anicia Pierce. Uh, and uh, the suit looks phenomenal. So if you haven't gotten a chance to check that out, that is also hanging out over on uh, you know Facebook.com slash DC Primetime. I'm getting really uh, excited for this show. I am, too. Uh, two more weeks, man. I'm really looking forward to having that fifth show into the mix. Uh, but not just a fifth show. Let's talk about the sixth show that's not far away as well. Uh, with Titans, it sounds like we may indeed know who is going to be our big bad for the season. Uh, and this is going to be, we know from, this is another casting call, which is how we've been getting most of our information. Uh, it does say male, late 30s or 40s, uh, Caucasian, charismatic, a cult leader attempting to reunite his family. 
uh, central role for the series finale, uh, recurring guest star. Um, and then, you know, uh, they're calling for uh, casting early for wardrobe, but the role works episodes um, 4.9 through 4.19. So it's episodes 11 and 12 is uh, some heavy work. So it sounds like if it's 11 or 12 and he's a recurring and he's going to be big for the finale, it sounds like uh, Titans is not going to be a short season. That 11 and 12 sounds like that could be a mid-season point. So, yeah. Now, um, I, I do have one question about Titans that um, – <clears throat> not about the show itself, but in more in particular because I don't think we've found this out yet. But I want to know your opinion on this. When it comes to this show, because this is something I'm absolutely going to be checking out, as I'm sure you are too and uh, many of our listeners will be um, – <clears throat> Do you think this is going to start with the Titans already established as a group, or would this be an origin of how the Titans came to be? I. What would you prefer to see? Let's let's put it that way. I'd like to see the Titans come together, um, and I would like to see them build the team because there's a lot of people that may not know these characters as well. Uh, but before we get into that, I didn't even state who Sorry. The, the big bad was yet. So Sorry. <laughs> my guess is it's one of two characters. Uh, most likely, uh, if it's a cult leader, we could be seeing Brother Blood again here. Uh, there's a very high chance of that. Uh, that cult leader a- uh, aspect and Hive has always been a big, huge proponent of Titans. But ultimately, this could ult- ultimately be Trigun as well, uh, which is, uh, if you're fans of the comics, know is Raven's father. So. Um, and pretty much kind of a giant demon. So uh, be, either way, I think we're going to see a, a kind of an interesting take. Now, we already have seen Brother Blood on Arrow, um, and if they're going the cult leader angle, that's a high chance of that, but uh, it's a big wait and see. So. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I will say I would love to see those characters kind of pull together for the first time. That way we know what where Robin is in his life and his career, because um, we know he's going to be tra- tra- turning into Nightwing, I believe. Uh, in the course of this show, so uh, it, are we going to see him break away from Bruce, and we're actually going to see it, or are they going to just tell us that? So, um, so I'm really curious on how that's going to play out. How about you? Um, you know what? Part of me would kind of like them to see. I would like to see them already established, at least part of the team already established, and then bring in maybe those last couple people. Um, in the beginning of the season, like it's already seen maybe like a core team established, but right. they're still recruiting new members. I if that makes that. any sense. And a little bit of, you know, just uh dialogue to help kind of fill us in on where these yeah. people are. At the time. Yeah, exactly. Maybe a couple flashbacks here and there, you know. Yeah, exactly. Did we, we found out there Starfire is going to be part of this, right? Yes. So okay. the, the core cast that we know of at this time is it's Beast Boy, Starfire, uh, Raven, uh, Hawk and Dove and Robin. So yeah, but is, I mean, you know, maybe like a good. yeah, maybe like a core team of like Robin, Starfire, Hawk, and Dove. But then they bring in um, Raven, they bring in Beast Boy, uh, you know, th- you know, throughout the course of those first two episodes or something. I kind of uh, you know, um, maybe like a, a midway line between both origin and established. Okay, I can see that working well. Yeah. Um, and the last news story we have for this week is uh, our next character joining the roster of Injustice 2. Uh, it sounds like Enchantress will be joining the fray this coming Tuesday. So uh, tomorrow, for those of you that are listening to this. So this is uh, January 9th is when we'll see her. Her trailer is out there and up. That leaves only the final four characters. And I did say four for a reason. Because the TMNT will be joining the fray next. So we'll probably see them in just a few weeks. So. 
Uh, cool. So um, this is kind of off the topic before we get into our recommendations, but uh, we're recording on Sunday, January 7th. Uh, you know, we post these on Monday morning. If you're a subscriber, you get them on Sunday after it's edited. So you'll get them the same day we record. However, uh, tonight, the Golden Globes are on uh, television. And I've been looking at some of the categories because I, I haven't really been paying attention to it as much as I used to. I don't even know if I'm going to watch, I, but I, I am for sure going to watch now because of one category in particular. Uh, I was looking at the categories to see if Greatest Showman, I knew it was nominated for awards, but I didn't know which ones. And I wanted to see which awards it was nominated for. Because uh, for those of you that don't know, I've seen that movie four times already in theaters and I'm waiting to get my hands on it so I can watch it more. Um, but Greatest Showman was nominated for Best Motion Picture Musical or Comedy, which is appropriate. Um, uh, it's it's nominated against Lady Bird, which apparently is the is the favorite to win. Uh, but Disaster Artist, it was also nominated against, which was great. However, I'm looking at the Best Performance by an Actor in a Motion Picture Musical or Comedy. This has got to be the most stacked category for favorites of mine I have ever seen at an award show. The nominees are Daniel Kaluuya from Get Out, which was a great movie. Yeah, absolutely. Don't know why it's nominated for musical or comedy. Uh, really they don't. don't have they don't have a horror category in the globes. Yeah. So um Steve Carell for Battle of the Sexes, which he was fantastic. Ansel Elgort for Baby Driver, mm-hmm. which was probably one of my favorite movies of the year. James Franco from The Disaster Artist, who I said after watching that movie was going to get nominated and probably win. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, Hugh Jackman from The Greatest Showman. Who do I pick? Yeah, I that's mean, uh, that's an almost impossible. Um, I mean, I, I, it's, it's really a toss-up between Ansel Elgort, Franco, and Jackman for me. I love Greatest Showman. I loved his portake as, as P.T. Barnum. I But Franco was fantastic. Um, as Tommy was out, yeah, as he was... Tommy was out, and Ansel Elgort was just amazing in Baby Driver. Like, who do you pick in that category? Yeah, it's it, that's that's insane because uh, Daniel Kaluuya was so good in Get Out. Yeah, and, and Carell I, I, was great in Battle of the Sexes. Yeah, like, out of all is... these, out of all these, the only one I haven't seen is Battle of the Sexes. So, but I can say for everybody else on that listing, I, I have no idea who I would choose. I, I I really don't think there's a there's not a bad person. In that, like, I would be happy for any of these guys that that win, but you know, with uh, with how much I praised Franco for playing Tommy Wiseau, and how much I like glorified Hugh Jackman for playing B.T. Barnum, and how much that movie really changed my perspective of my own life, I, like, which one do I root for? Yeah, it's really between those two. And honestly, you know, I, I will say the only thing I'm really bummed to see is. Um is there's there's one massive slate in best director and best screenplay and i'm I'm really bummed to see uh jordan peele not listed in either of them yeah Um, forget out because it was it was a really good movie yeah so i i'm really disappointed that he did kind of get snubbed so um but you know what i think all all in all they're they're gonna it's gonna be an interesting globes i normally i don't bother with checking this stuff out think i'm actually going to pay attention to what happens with this one i get a lot of email updates when awards are announced and winners are announced so i really don't have to watch them but i might actually watch um at least the second half because that's when they do the motion picture stuff they usually start with television i really don't care about the television aspect of it this year because most of the shows i watch don't get nominated for golden globes so um 
a couple of them do, but most of them don't. Like Flash and Arrow and all them never get nominated. Scorpion, Walking Dead, they never get nominated for Golden Globes. Not anymore, at least. Um, however, I'm very interested because out of the best original song, This Is Me from Greatest Showman is also nominated. Yeah. So um, I don't see it winning Best Picture, unfortunately, because of it, what other movies is up against. Uh, but This Is Me is a strong contender for winning Best Song. Yeah, I think there's a high chance. Um, you know, there is uh, David Harbour at least did get nominated for Stranger Things, so that's a positive. Yes, <laughs> so, yeah, that's. I see. I don't see him listed. Did I miss that? Uh, best perfor- uh, performance by an actor in a supporting role in a series or limited series motion picture made for TV. So, oh, see, maybe this doesn't have all the categories listed. Uh, I'm actually on the Globes page. Uh, and so he, am I. And that's a crazy, crazy group of people he's up against too. Christian Slater for Mr. Robot. Alexander Skarsgård. For, oh, yeah, there uh, it is. There it know, is. Okay. Big Little Lies. David Thelis for Fargo. David Harbour, Stranger Things. Albert Molina for Feud. So <laughs> that's going to be uh, – that'll be that'll be pretty crazy. Yeah, but I mean so. like even looking at the best motion picture musical or comedy, I mean you look at uh, I, Tanya, which I've been hearing great things about. Lady Bird is the favorite right now with the critics. Disaster Artist was fantastic. Um, Get Out, which we've, we've been praising, and Greatest Showman, which I absolutely – I thought was phenomenal. I wouldn't have gone to theaters four times to see it if I didn't think so. Um, and even Disaster Artist, I, I find it amazing that a movie about one of the worst movies ever made is getting this much critical praise and nominated for awards. Yeah, and there's a lot of hate too that Patty Jenkins wasn't thrown up there for best uh, best director too. So. But again, those movies just never get nominated, and it uh, sucks. there's a lot of rumblings that that she that might get a nod at uh, the Oscars. Uh, there I, was another. I, that'd be good if it happens. Yeah. Yep, uh, so it's a big wait and see. Yep, uh, but by the time you guys are listening to this, you already know mm-hmm. <laughs> which one won. Uh, so, all right, uh, recommendations, and then uh, we'll do a quick intro of the, the panel, and we'll get out of here. Uh, my so. recommendation is listen to the panel. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> You know what? That'll be mine, too. So, and uh, actually, no, it is to go watch the video, <laughs> the snippet that you're going to put up, because that makes that panel... Oh, so much better. Did you so. watch the video yet? Oh, God, yes. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not going to ruin it for anybody who doesn't already know, but my panel was crashed by uh, two people. Uh, my panel with Victor Garber and Robbie Amell. Victor Garber, man, I was so excited to be on stage with him and and meet him. And he like it's one of those things that when you meet people that you're fans of, you worry sometimes that they're not going to live up to the expectation of what you think they might be. Um, Cause I have had that happen. Like I, I did that panel in New Jersey with um, the flash and legends crossover. And, you know, I was excited to meet Brandon Routh and he was great. I was excited to meet uh, Carlos Valdez and he was fantastic. And I was excited to meet uh, Candace Patton and she was kind of a letdown. I mean, so you, you take that risk anytime you meet these people that you're fans of. Um, and with me, it's an even bigger risk because I, you know, as a as a con goer, you meet them at the table, and at the table, um, they have to put on a smile, and they have to put on like they're excited to meet you. Most of the time, that's one hundred percent authentic. But when I meet them, I meet them backstage where they're not in the public eye, um, so they kind of let that facade down a little bit. And that was when I met Candace, and she was kind of like very standoffish and just kind of. Like, didn't really give me much of the time of day, which was really disappointing. Um, but when I met Victor, man, I could not have been more pleased to have met him. 
Um, he was such a genuine nice guy, so appreciative of me, not only being the panel moderator, but being a fan of everything. Um, and then when the panel was over, this was his first ever panel outside of doing anything with the group uh, at San Diego Comic-Con. This was the first panel he had ever done, first convention he had ever done, other than maybe one that he did in Europe and other than San Diego. Uh, and he made it a personal uh, point to thank me when the panel was over for making it enjoyable, making it easy, making him comfortable. And I, I got to do OTA that weekend. I got to meet so many other people that weekend. I think that moment when he thanked me is probably one of the biggest standout moments I've ever had moderating panels. So this panel holds a very special place with me because it was Victor's, one of Victor's first, could be one of his last. We don't know, uh, at least for this kind of thing. Hopefully it's not because they still keep bringing Barrowman back. They still bring, you know, other characters that have been killed off are still doing panels and still coming, going to these cons. So hopefully it's not Victor's last, but hopefully. Um, I still have that honor of being his first. Well, what they get this cool. now too is uh, anytime they bring him back and Robbie, they can just find everybody else. You know, uh, Katie Cassidy do it, uh, just doing a gone but not forgotten. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, Katie Cassidy's back part of the show again. Oh yeah, but we can do you know. we can do her. Uh, you know, Laurel Lance of Earth One. Uh, you know what you do is like they you can do a special little screening in the very beginning, and it's just kind of like in remembrance of our fallen heroes. And it's just the like, you know, I will remember you playing in the background. Well, I mean, but, but even look, at, you know, you mentioned Robbie. Look at Robbie. Robbie hasn't been a part of the show for at least two seasons. Mm -hmm. Oh, and yeah. He's still I know. doing he's still at all these cons. He's still doing panels. And it, that was the running joke when I did in Atlanta last year when I did the panel with Robbie and Rick Cosnett was we called it the formerly on the previously on the flash panel. Yeah. Because neither one of them was on the show anymore. Uh, but we're going to play the audio of it. There is um, two moments that where, where they get crashed. And um, you will know for sure the people. Uh, you won't know the first one right away until it's revealed who it is. Um, but the second one, you will know for sure absolutely who it is that crashes the panel. And when you hear it, you will want to see the video. Because it is in total and utter mayhem. Uh, that happens on stage, and it was really, really awesome. Uh, so um, stick around to the very end after our cheap plugs. You'll get to hear the full panel, uh, the full audio from that panel, and then we'll have the, the highlight posted on the Facebook page uh, relatively within the next couple of days. I have to get it edited down. But cheap plugs, you'll find that clip on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash DC Primetime. Uh, you can find this podcast as well as all other podcasts on the Next Level Podcast Network at nextlevelradioonline.com or on Facebook, facebook.com slash nextlevelradioonline. And you can always find me as well through Next Level Radio Online for the Caffeine Crew cast of Pods. Uh, the last episode was the Star Wars one. Unfortunately, we never got around to doing that spoiler cast for Star Wars. I would still like to do that. Uh, if people are still interested, we can try to hash that out. Uh, things have just been crazy between Christmas and the New Year. Uh, but uh, aside surgeries. from that, surgeries, all those fun things are just getting in the way. <laughs> Uh, but regardless, uh, the next episode will be our villains episode. I'm still in the process of scheduling that one out. That'll probably be recorded probably in the next, maybe in the next two weeks, give or take, and uh, up for you guys shortly after that. So uh, stay tuned for that. And uh, always a big special thanks to our good friend George Shaw at georgeshawmusic.com. You can head over to his site and check out all his other tunes aside from the two that you get to hear on this episode. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, and of course, we are going, Rob and I are going to be putting together our Christmas list. We know it's after Christmas and into the new year, but uh, we send out Christmas gifts every year. We're going to be doing that this year as well uh, for 2017. However, 2018, we're going to change things up a bit. Uh, we're not going to do the Christmas list at the end of the year anymore. We are going to do a fan of the month. Uh, and it's very simple. All you have to do is just be part of the community. Share the page, you know, when you can participate in conversations on the page uh of course share the page and if you are nominated as our fan of the month and we send you a little tchotchke whether it's a fun co-pop a t-shirt something we'll send you something fun all you have to do is when you receive it take a picture of it post it to the page so that everybody can see it uh and you know we'll we'll just do it from there it's just another way that we like giving back to to our listeners and thanking them for uh for everything that uh for making us Keeping us going. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and of course, one last thing, uh, if you haven't already known about it, I know some of our fans have already done it, but if you don't already, don't forget, we now have a voicemail for DC Primetime. You can give us a call toll-free from U.S. and Canada. I made sure it was toll-free so people didn't have to feel uh, like they were paying to call us. Uh, 1-888-247-5380 is the voicemail line. Uh, again, 888-247-5380. Just give us a call. Let us know what you think about something we talked about. Give us an opinion about something. Give us a recommendation. Uh, you know, whatever it is, just call to say hi. I know we had Chad was our first one and he sang Jingle Bells, Batman Smells on the voicemail. Uh, and you know, we'll highlight your voicemails. Your voicemails will get pulled and we'll throw them on the podcast, which is another fun way for you guys to get heard. Um, so give us a call. Leave us a voicemail. And I think that about does it. Yeah. Let's get out of here and let them listen. All right, so uh, until next week, uh, we'll figure out what we're going to do for next week's. It's going to be the last filler episode before we get back to the shows. Uh, but thank you for being a part of the community. Thank you for commenting. Thank you for subscribing. Enjoy the audio from the Firestorm panel. And until next week, we'll see you guys around the bend. Take care. Peace. What's going on again, Atlanta? How are we enjoying the day so far? Are we excited? How many Firestorm fans do we have in the audience? Make some noise. Let these guys hear it. Let's bring him out. Starting first, you know him as Ronnie Raymond. Please welcome to the stage, Robbie Amell. What's up? And of course, he is the other half of Firestorm, Dr. Martin Stein, Victor Garber. Now, Victor, I don't know if many people out there know this. This is actually, other than Comic-Con, we were just talking about this backstage, this is your first ever convention. Yes. <laughs> I'm a little nervous. No, I, I went to one in England, but that doesn't count because it wasn't in America. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I did one before this uh, last May, uh, but this, is my, this has really been very special. I, I'm... I'm Loved being here. I really have. You what's, guys are, you people are unbelievable. What, what's, what has the experience been like for you personally, interacting with the fans one-on-one -on -one when they come to your tables? And well, the, the thing is, when you're in a studio all, all day shooting, you really have no idea uh, until you actually talk to people how it's being received. And what I've 
found so moving here is that that the people really you you really appreciate what we do and that makes it all worthwhile and it makes a difference hearing it from your mouths and personally meeting you it, it changes kind of everything and uh, so I'm just so glad I had this opportunity to come here really thank you Great. Robbie, you're no stranger to these conventions. And Robbie feels the same way. Okay. Yes. All right. Thank you, Vic. Simple enough. Uh, but, um, you know, you come out to these all the time. I've shared the stage with you before. What's your experience being able to do this over and over again, uh, interacting with the fans? You know, what's really amazing is um, you start to get to know people. I mean, uh, how many of you guys here are first timers? Quite okay. And how many people have been to a Heroes and Villains before? It's awesome. And those of you first-timers, are you going to be back? It's awesome. It's, it's really fun. You, get, you, you recognize faces. You, um, you start to you know, really get to know all of you guys. And um, uh, it's amazing to, to, to get to share you know, these weekends with you, whether it's here or New York or uh, San Jose, any of the, the Heroes and Villains cons. It's really awesome. So, I mean... It's all about you guys. Thank you. Uh, Victor, safe to say, if the stars align properly, these fans will see you at another Heroes and Villains down the road? Cannot wait. Good. No, I really, I can't. I, I look forward to that because uh, I, I didn't know what to expect. I really didn't. And uh, it's just been surprising. And, uh, uh, and you know, and it's, um, it's, you know, it makes it all seem worthwhile. So that. I'll be, I'll be at all of them. I'm coming to all of them. We're, we're going to go to audience questions in just a minute, but me personally, I have one that um, I wanted to address to, to you, Victor. Uh, we, we did get the news, unfortunately, that you are going to be leaving Legends of Tomorrow sometime this season. But for good reason, you're going back to Broadway, which I think is amazing. So. Yeah, I... I, I, I I like to say I'm sort of, it's a leave of absence, because, you know, on these shows, nobody, nobody ever disappears forever, you know, look at him. He <laughs> keeps coming back and haunting us and annoying us, and uh, um, so, yeah, I mean, chances are I will be, there'll be, Martin Stein will somehow get back, but uh, for now I'm uh, going to do uh, Hello, Dolly on Broadway when Bernadette and David High Pierce leave. I mean, when, when Bette Midler and, and David Hypeers leave, and uh, Bernadette Peters and myself are taking over in January. So uh, please come, if you can. Yeah! One of the things, I, I, this might be a spoiler for anybody who's not completely caught up yet with Legends, so I do apologize. One of the things I was really hoping to see, whether it was when you two were Firestorm or the current iteration of Firestorm, was seeing Firestein. And we finally got to see that this week, where you were the physical embodiment of Firestorm, and it was reversed. And how good did I look in that costume? <laughs> you have no idea how embarrassed I was when I walked out of that costume. When I walked out, I said, please don't look at me. I'm so, yeah. When but, we were doing it, you were like, you are always the super-powered one. I'm never doing this. Never doing it. I, <laughs> you learn to say, uh, to stop saying, I'll never do that, because you inevitably will be doing it whether you want to or not. But I had fun, and it was, uh, it was uh, you know, challenging. And this, this whole experience has been challenging for me. And 
I, I've loved it, and uh, I, I loved working with this guy so much. And uh, we've known each other a number of years. And uh, so when Firestorm was first formed, it was because of Robbie that I said yes, uh, and then he left me. <laughs> he abandoned me, and I really shouldn't be even talking to him. Uh, all right, let's go to some of the questions in the audience and see what the fans are curious about. We'll start over on this side here. Uh, what's your name and what's your question? Hi, my name's Georgia, and I want to know how'd you become actors? Hi, Georgia. Um, I, I got really lucky. I was uh, a hockey player in Toronto, and um, I had done like some commercials when I was a kid, but I never thought of it as a career. And then um, the summer before 11th grade, my, my commercial agent phoned me, and she said, there's a movie called Cheaper by the Dozen 2, and it's shooting in Toronto, and they need people who look like they could be Eugene Levy's son. And I was like, well, I have brown hair, so let's go. And I went in, and funny enough, I actually, um, Tom Welling was in the movie. Um, I'm sure there's some Smallville fans out here. And um, uh, my character had no lines in the movie, so I had to read Tom Welling's lines. Um, and I thought it went fine. It was my first ever movie audition, so I left. I went home. I was like, that was cool. And uh, the next day, my agent called, and she said, did you hear the good news? And I said, no, do I have a callback? And she said, no, you're shooting for two months. I hope you don't have a summer job. And uh, it changed my life. I phoned my hockey, my hockey coach. I told him I wouldn't be coming back. I, I got into some, some acting classes in Canada and in Toronto, tried to get uh, as much work as I could. I got my visa, and I moved to the States. And luckily, it's gone okay since then. <laughs> I was playing hockey in, um, <laughs> what's so funny? Now, I, I, I was never, I never played hockey. Uh, I was a, a young, uh, I went to a children's theater when I was about nine years old in London, Ontario. I'm also Canadian. And um, I, I, uh, there was a children's theater Saturday morning class. And uh, I went upstairs, walked upstairs, and I walked into this room and we started doing these little improvisations as, you know, we were kids. And I did something, uh, I think it was my mother getting ready to go out for a party. I, I pretended I was my mother uh, because she was, I was fascinated by what she did, you know. And, uh, and so I started doing it and it, it, it got so many laughs and I was hooked. I thought, I have to do this, this is great. And so I, I, I just, from there I was cast as Tom Sawyer in the, in the children's theater production. And How old were you? At I was about 10, 10 years old. And, uh, and, it was a, and I, and I never, have not stopped since then. So, and I'm still doing everything I can to get a laugh. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, cutie. All right, we'll go over to this side. What's your question? This is a two-parter. Um, Victor. Is this the dinosaur talking? Okay. Victor, do you have a preferred method that you like to use to merge? And which actor did you prefer to merge with? Yes, Victor. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> first of all, that was cruel of you. Um, 
have to put this down because I can't sit with it. Okay. I, my favorite way of merging was any way I could. So because as soon as I merged, I could leave. <laughs> I could go home because once, you know, it became firestorm and I could say, good night. Uh, so uh, uh, merging was my favorite thing in any script. But what I didn't like was when I saw the unmerge, because it usually was at the end of the scene, and I'd have to come back and unmerge and be in the scene. Um, because, um, I, but honestly, uh, I, I, I loved working with Robbie so much, and it was really hard to face someone new. But uh, Franz is just the greatest, and uh, I loved working with him too. And uh, so I've been very fortunate because um, there's, I, they're obviously so different, and uh, and it brought out different things in me. And uh, and so uh, I got over the hurt of his leaving, and um, and now I don't speak to him anymore. And, and it's so it's fine. Unmerging was almost way worse when we when we were first shooting uh, the first few episodes of Victor and I. Uh, in the script, it said after the big explosion and we unmerge, I was supposed to be naked, and I was like, "So does this mean every time we unmerge, we're just gonna be naked?" I was like, "You guys are, you guys are backing yourselves into a horrible corner here." I was like, "This will be funny once or twice, and then we're gonna be miserable. You guys are gonna be miserable because we're always gonna have to be behind a desk or holding a lamp or something." And uh, not only that, the first time, if you remember the episode with the big explosion where uh, Caitlin finds me in, like, the crater, it was the coldest day of the year in Vancouver. And I was like, nope, not going to be naked. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, you're welcome to be, if you're going to be naked too, I'll be naked. I was like, but I'm not doing it alone. It's freezing out here. Um... Give me some ripped up, ripped up clothes, and it ended up being better. I, by the way, was never going to be naked. <laughs> there was never any that would that would. There was first of all, no one wants to see that, <laughs> and secondly, I never would have done it. So, but I was fine because you know he he looks fine, naked. I don't. Um, um, uh, I, I've never seen him naked. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, this is going in a very bad direction. Uh, but so yeah, he was he was he was ripped up. I was always clothed, <laughs> always. Thank you. Can you can you just say one last thing? Can you just say that Katrina Law is your favorite actress ever? Oh, that's who's in that oh. dinosaur. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't recognize you. You look fantastic. Wow. Thank you, Katrina. It's so brave of you, Katrina, really. Uh, all right, we'll go over to this side for another question. No. You're done. You're done. Thank you. Your panel was like an hour and 40 uh, minutes yesterday. You don't get another one. No, really, it's over. Thank you for coming. You guys are my favorites. I have a question I'd like to ask you. <laughs> oh, no, you don't. Oh, yes, I do.
Hung like a donkey. Oh, no. That's what that was. I was walking by your panel and... Oh, you... <laughs> Well, it's just. It's Katrina. It's, oh my God! So, are all Comic Con? Well, welcome to your first Comic Con panel. Don't mind me; I'm just watching. Uh, <laughs> it's like I can't go sit out there. Oh no, I can't! Okay, I have a question for you. Seriously? Yeah. What is the weirdest thing that has happened to you on any set? Not weird as in like freaky weird, but funny weird. That's caused you to laugh or you've lost it uncontrollably. I can tell you. <laughs> um, I was on a show when I was much younger and not, some of you weren't even alive. It was called Alias. And yes. Woo! Thanks. Are you, Yeah, like everyone still watches it, Victor. Okay. And Jennifer Garner and I had to do a scene in an elevator. And we, so we were, they had this elevator on the stage because, you know, they, they had to have the doors open and the cameras and everything. And something made her laugh. And we couldn't look at each other. And because we were, just started to laugh. And we actually... It, we, we literally had to be sent to our trailers because we, we couldn't shoot the scene. And it was... Uh, uh, did you ever get to the bottom of what it was that made her giggle? Or is it something she, that was personal? She she maintains that, um, that whenever she couldn't do a scene if I had to walk towards her. That somehow what? my walking towards her... Do you walk her, weird? Well, I do walk weird. but But somehow that made her... Because I guess... I would get this sort of look on my face, and it just made her laugh. And so we actually had to, uh, we, we couldn't, we had a lot of trouble working. So if we go back and, you know, and we're watching Alias, there's never a scene where you're walking towards her. Is that correct? Well, there are, there are scenes, but, she, but on those She's days. She's never looking at she you. She was never looking at you. And also, <laughs> I, think there's a, I think there's a bleeper reel on, or a fizzle reel or a sizzle reel or whatever they call it. Yeah, yeah. That's my first show. Blooper. Um, blooper reel. Where, where there's actually a scene uh, 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 in an where we're laughing, and that's, that's true. All right. Look out for that one. Robbie, you're? Um, well, to what Victor said, most of the time when you get these laugh attacks, it's kind of like if you've ever been in school or church or somewhere you're not supposed to be laughing and you start laughing with a friend, and then somebody's looking at you like you shouldn't be laughing now. Um, it's like that as adults on set and you've got a director or an AD or another cast member who's getting pissed off because it's their turn. And then also think about like every minute on set costs thousands of dollars. Oh, yeah. So you're just screwing things up for everyone. Um, and it's, one, al it's always the ones who are not speaking. Oh yeah, you're off camera. The one, it's the you're one who has the, the most camera. dialogue who's the one suffering because the others are just giggling. I was shooting with Victor and Danielle and Danielle lost it about something I can't remember and it was one of our first episodes with Victor and I we had worked together in the past but Danielle hadn't and Victor has a very sarcastic sense of humor as you can hear and um, <laughs> Danielle couldn't keep it together she was like 
shoulders were shaking. She was trying to turn her head away. And she had no lines, but she was there for eye line. And Victor goes, oh, just get me a tennis ball on a stick. (laughs) (laughs) Because if it's happening to me and when I have to act, I have no sense of humor about it. Oh, it's so funny. So uh, (laughs) I'm going to hand it back to you in a second. Is that okay? I feel like we should switch seats for like a little bit. But what was your question? Will Ronnie ever return? I mean, probably. Um, I, I have not, I, we, we talk about it all the time. I was almost in, um, in a, a, an episode coming up. That, I was almost in Victor's last episode, which would have been really nice. But um, they, they tried to make it work, and it was such a massive episode, and there were so many people involved that it just, it just didn't happen. So sadly, that one didn't work out. But I'm sure down the road and, you know, some season they'll call Victor and I and they'll be like, hey, do you guys want to come back and do this? And I'll say, how much are you paying Victor? And, uh, and then I'll do it. Do we have to merge and unmerge? <laughs> that's all I care about. Okay, I'm going to ask a question that's going to go to the musical side, okay? Because you, you, you all know Victor is uh, going into – am I allowed to say Victor? Oh, no, we've talked. Oh, you've done it. Okay, fine. They're They're all coming. So, great. I'll be there, too. Not to see Victor. I just want to meet Bernadette Peters. (laughs) Um, If you, your personal selves, had to pick your favorite song, a song that moves you to any kind of emotion, right, what would it be? And also, if you had to think of your characters from uh, Legends, what would be their songs that they would pick? Oh, John, this is so highbrow. I don't know. Um, Make it up. Uh, well, uh, Fireball by Pitbull. Okay. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> it's after we merge. Oh, yeah. Um, Just say yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> I love it. Uh, you know. What's your favorite song, Victor? Uh, you I, have one? I don't, I don't really, you know. I have so many favorite songs, but um, I, I would say uh, uh, one of my favorite songs would be um, uh, Leonard Cohen's Suzanne. Mm. That's a s- song that I find incredibly... What did you just never heard? What you, no, he did. He went, I have no idea what that is. You know, Pitbull has not done the recording. <laughs> is it Pitbull? Is yeah, it Pitbull? that's right. Right. Just Pit Dog or something. Pit Dog. Pit Dog. Mr. Worldwide. Pitbull. Yeah. yeah. Listen, I've got a plane to catch. Lovely oh, to really? interrupt you. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> oh, well, thanks for stopping yeah, by. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. Love you all. John Barrowman, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks, John. <laughs> all right, get out of here. <laughs> He's obscene. Uh, all right, let's go over to this side here for another audience question. Um, my name is Tyler, and I was wondering uh, w- one thing, if you could say happy birthday to my friend Andy, because he came down for his birthday. What's his name? Andy Wentz. Andy. Happy birthday, Happy birthday. Andy. And also, um, weirdest encounter you've ever had with a fan? Does that one with John count? <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't think I've ever had... A weird encounter. I guess, um, have you? Or funniest encounter. I mean, there have been, but... The day is young. But, or, 
I feel like they're less weird and they're more unique and um, really fun. Funniest. Oh, man. Putting me on the spot. Um, I had a girl get a tattoo of my name on her arm, which I didn't think I would ever think was amazing, but it, it's one of my favorite stories. And she's here right now. So, I, like, I love it so much. And um, uh, thank you. It's, I think it's so cool. Or a weirdest gift. What was was that? Reggie brings me uh, illegal chocolates from Germany. I don't know where she is. She's around somewhere. But Kinder eggs are supposedly illegal to bring into the country. (laughs) Oh, good. Now, now, now we're in trouble. Yeah. Sorry, NSA. (laughs) You're new to this. You don't have any weird gifts yet. Um, oh, no, I've gotten some weird gifts. I can't talk about them, but, you know. <laughs> no, I haven't. Thank you. All right, we'll go over to the side. Uh, I'm Morgan, and I was wondering if you could remember, uh, what, was your, or what was your favorite merging with either Ronnie or Jefferson? Um, you know, they were always... Uh, I, I don't have a favorite merging. I have favorite scenes. Uh, but uh, it was it was mostly you know the merge was just a technical kind of thing that happened and it, it was really a special see like that merged um, I, 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 I really just what I loved was the interaction with the actor you know and and how and the, and the kind of uh, relationship that was formed with with the actor I worked with I mean that's for me the old, the most exciting thing about acting period is when you act with someone who you can really connect to and and I was fortunate to have Robbie and 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 Franz I was still shooting in Vancouver when Franz was coming up for the screen test for um, Legends of Tomorrow because I I was just unable to do it because of uh, time restraints they were gonna do a full season and I was able to recur on flash whenever they needed me but I couldn't do the the entire 17 episode seasons in Vancouver so I actually, friends came to set and hung out on Flash before he booked the role. And uh, Edge of Tomorrow is one of my favorite movies with Tom Cruise. And Franz was in that. So we talked about that a bunch. And he was such a nice guy. And I, of course, talked about you know my love for Victor and, and what an amazing guy he is. And um, uh, I have no, no hard or ill feelings towards Franz. I think he's awesome. I think he did a great job with the character. And I was glad that Victor got to, to work with somebody so awesome. He's a nice guy, Robbie. All right, over this side. Hi, I'm Skylar. Hi. Hi. Um, this question's for Victor. Um, if you could have anyone from Flash or Legends be on Broadway with you, which show would it be and which actor would it be? Oh, gosh. You've heard me sing, right? Yeah, so it wouldn't be you. Um, <laughs> let me finish. Um, uh, you know what? I, I, I did a musical episode of Flash, and I was so um, yeah, that was so much fun. And first of all, Jesse Martin, uh, who is you know one of the great actors and singers, uh, and I'd seen on Broadway. I knew him when he was in Rent. That's when I first met him years ago, and we'd known each other since that time. Uh, but I have to say, uh, Melissa who is Supergirl now, and and uh, Grant, watching them on that, do that, 
and, and all of them, they're, they're amazing. So I, I'd be in awe of any of them working uh, in, in a, in a, on stage with them. They're, 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 they're all really gifted, gifted people. And Carlos is amazing too. And, and of course... Oh, stop it. Wait, let me... <laughs> a drama. We can do a drama. Or a oh, comedy. We can do, yeah. oh, do a comedy. Yeah. 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 No singing. Um, should we do... Since we have a minute, should we rifle some quick questions? We can, we'll we'll do a couple... Yeah, a couple quick fire questions in like the next minute or two. So, so it's a bit, of weird, a bit of a weird question, so just bear with me. Is there any way that Martin's grandchild inherited any Firestorm powers? And if so, is there any possible chance we could see a baby version of Firestorm in any future episode? For you sure. have obviously never worked on set with a baby. <laughs> no. But here's the thing. They, but that's really a brilliant observation because I thought, and I don't really understand any of it, but that they could go forward in time yeah. and pick up that, that child, Ronnie. Not a baby anymore. And... and and, and, and yes, I have a feeling that could happen. So that's really smart. You should write for the show. Nice question. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jessica. I've loved you since God's Bell. I kind of yelled that at Thank you yesterday. Thank you. <laughs> Not you. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> um, so I was just wondering, uh, I know you're returning to the sta stage. The, uh, what would be like your ideal role that you would want to play if you could play any Broadway role? <laughs> uh, well... I, I can only say I've done roles that I think were ideal, and now I'm about to play Horace Vandergelder, which I'm, I think is actually a perfect role for my, my, me at this point in my life, because, you know, I'm too old for Hamlet and, um, and too young for Lear. So um, uh, those are Shakespeare roles that I would never play anyway. But, uh, but I, I, so I'm, I'm excited about this role, Horace Vandergelder. I think it's ideal for me. I will do one more from each side. One more quick question from each side. Hi, I'm Lindsay. And do you, do you, do you like being on uh, Legends or Flash better? Oh, well, actually, Flash was where I started. And I'm kind of have a, my heart is there. But I, I've loved working with Legends. and uh, But Flash, you know, was where I began. So I... I I do feel that's home. And Victor, way. Danielle, and I, always, whenever we got to have episodes together, we'd go out for dinners, and yeah. we became very close. So it was, it was nice to have the, the three of us. It was really fun. That, that, that's a fun show to be on. Okay, thank, thank you. you. Okay. One final question over this side here. And this is for both of you. Who are, you two, who are your favorite heroes and villains from DC? Uh, Martin Stein, for sure. For sure, number one. Um, I've, I've always been a huge Batman fan. Batman and Nightwing are my two favorite heroes. Um, I, I just grew up loving Batman. I've, I've had, I've loved Batman before I remember, I have memories. Like, there's pictures of me and Batman stuff, so I think it was forced upon me, and I love it. Uh, I had a mini Batmobile when I was a kid. Uh, I still have a Batman mask that I wear around the house. Just, like, on a Tuesday. That's sad. <laughs> Um, and villains, um, I don't know. I'm excited for the Venom movie. I think Tom Hardy will be a really badass Venom. Um, you go ahead, Victor. I don't know. I don't really know. I, you know, I, 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 I find them all fascinating. And, uh, I, I always thought Lex Luthor was a, was a really. Oh, you'd make a good Lex. I would. Uh, and 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 uh, I, I kind of uh, 
I, you know, I'm, I'm not really all that familiar. You'd also make a good Alfred. Do it. I'll do it. I, I like them all. Thank you, guys. All right, Thank well, you. Victor, pretty painless first panel experience here at Heroes and Villains. Was this a pretty painless experience? I, I've had the best time I've had in years. Good. Good. You're, you're just amazing. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me up here on stage. Once again, a round of applause. Victor Thanks, Garber, guys. Robbie Amell.